really excited that y'all are here tonight. I really, really am. Um, y'all could be anywhere else, or maybe you couldn't because your parents made you. But either way, um, God wanted you here. He did, right? Nothing happens by accident um, underneath um, a God who's fully in control. It just doesn't. There's nothing that happens by accident. So you're here uh, on purpose. Um, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. It's going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. What's next? Romans, then what? First and Second Corinthians. Philippians. Yeah. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 12. Um, Who can tell me what the word eternal means? Raise your hand and tell me. Who can tell me? Yeah. It means it'll keep going on and on. You're right. Very good. Okay. Yes, Josh. It's everlasting. Okay. Yes. It's forever, okay? Good, what else? Malachi. Never ending, good. Anyone else, Jonathan? Infinite, very good. Very, very good. So um, all of these are correct. So it's something that never ends. That's what eternal means. Okay, so who can raise their hand and tell me what the word perspective means? Boom. Keep going. Point of view, good. How you see something, good. Anyone else? Devin? How you, or, uh, boom, or other people see something. Uh, Yes, you or other people or or anyone sees something. It's a point of view, the way you look at something, right? So eternal means never-ending, and perspective means the way that you look at something or the way that you see something. So that means the way that you see something, and it never ends. So you have this eternal perspective. That means that you don't have tunnel vision. Right? If any of you have ever played football and you put on a helmet, it's really hard to see in the helmets because you can only see about like right here. Or maybe that was just me. It was kind of hard for me to see. Maybe that was why I was terrible. Um, but you don't just think about just right now. Though it's good to think about right now. But you think about, you have this eternal perspective. You have this, you're thinking about the forever. You're thinking about the never ending. Right? The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible says that God has put eternity onto man's heart. What that means is we're all created and we're all wired with this idea where we know that there's something more than this life. If you think about a lot of the religions in the world or a lot of the worldviews, a lot of them try to answer this very question. And it bugs a lot of people, but it's kind of a good bugging, right? It, 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 it kind of burdens us. It, it makes us we, we, we think about it, we question about it, and we can't seem to get it out of our heads. Well, it's actually a good thing. We were actually designed that way so that we would think about those types of things. Uh, so in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, to kind of give you a little background, um, Paul, in the first part of Philippians chapter 3, he basically lays out his resume. Does anybody know what a resume is? A resume. Yes, Mr. Zaner. Right. It's like the highlight film of everything you've ever done, but in paper form. Perfect. Yeah, it's everything you've ever done, but the best of it. Not just like everything, but the best of what you've done. Usually you turn in a resume 
when you go to get a job and you're like, here, here's why I'm awesome. Here's why you should give me money. And you give them a resume, right? Um, so Paul basically lays out his religious career resume. What was Paul's job before he became the apostle Paul? What was his job? You know his job? Yes, he was a Pharisee. Very good. He was a Jewish religious leader. Some people say his job was to kill Christians. Mm, no, he did that, but that wasn't his job. It's called a mercenary, not, not Paul. All right. Uh, he, did, he did do some very, very bad things, though. Um, maybe some people would have looked at his life and been like, yeah, there's no way you could save that guy. There's no way. And, and God did. Uh, and he completely changed Paul and transformed him. Um, so picking up, so he, he basically lays out everything, and he's like, look, whatever you could possibly do religiously, I did it all, and I was better than you. And he wasn't trying to say I'm awesome, but he was just letting you know, hey, before you think you can brag about how great you think you are or how religious you think you are, uh, just know that I've already done all of that stuff, and I did it a lot earlier than the age that you're at. And so if anybody's going to brag, it's going to be me but I have nothing to brag about because it is all garbage compared to having Christ. It's all garbage. Or he uses the word, the English translation is rubbish. So he might've been, he might've been English. I don't know. He might've been, Paul might've been a little British. We don't know yet. So uh, starting, just kidding. Starting in verse 12, Paul says, and I might, I might read in a little bit different translation, but you'll be able to follow along. It's all right. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Verse 15, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. I like that. Um, Yeah, if you disagree, God will show you. Uh, Verse 16, but we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Verse 17, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. So when you hear that, you might be like, oh, that's a little arrogant. Hey, live, live like I've lived. L- live like me because I've got it down. Well, that's why I gave you the background on this because Paul was just saying, I'm, I, I, I don't have this down. Um, everything that I've ever achieved is garbage compared to, to, compared to having Christ. And he started off this, this section saying, hey, I haven't achieved it. Like I'm not there. Right? I'm not kicking up my feet. I haven't accomplished something and, and, and I'm done, but I'm I'm constantly pursuing that. I'm constantly getting better. I'm constantly pursuing this perfection of Jesus. And so he's saying, basically, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Verse 18, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. And that doesn't mean just food, right? That, that means an appetite for, it could be an, uh, like a love of money or a love of power or a love of gain. Um, not that n- none of those things are bad at all. Um, the first one you need to survive, food, 
So, um, but it's putting those things above God is not the way it was created to be. It was supposed to be God first, and then these other things that are gifts to which we thank God and we glorify God for. Um, their God is their appetite. They listen to this. They brag about their shameful things, and they only think about this life here on earth. I think that's a lot of our culture. Like a lot of the cult, a lot of our culture will brag about how they do stupid things. Seriously, just watch like anything or listen to anything. They're bragging about how they do stupid things. And then people laugh at it, right? I've probably done it before too, laughed at that, right? Because we laugh at it because we inherently know that that's dumb. (laughs) That's why we laugh at it. But since people get that reaction, they're actually bragging about how they do these things that's against Christ or against God's way or that ultimately can be destructive to themselves or to others around them. Verse 20, Paul says, but we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we, and we are eagerly awaiting him to return as savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he brings everything under his control. Um, and so I got this tonight and this might be a helpful illustration. Can I get a a someone? Yes, Janae. A someone. Just a someone. You don't have to be. There you go. Take that. Take, just, I don't know. I haven't done this before, so we'll see how this goes. All right. Take that. And if you would, just walk it around. You know what I'm saying? But like, let, let a little go so there's like rope. There you go. Awesome. Okay. All at once. I like that. And yeah, at, no, no, no. Go around. Go around. And then just keep pulling it. And go around. Go around that thing. Go around that thing. Doing awesome. So this rope signifies our, it signifies the timeline of our life. I'm holding on to it tight because I feel like she's going to yank it. I'm like, okay, now do you see how there's two? Now you can make it one and then it'll go further. Science. Yep. Yep. So this represents the timeline of our life right here, this rope. And pretend... All right, Janae, you're going to take that rope. There you go. And then just stop behind there. So, yeah, and then stop. Okay, so we're going to pretend that this rope keeps going because it'll actually keep going. But we're going to pretend it keeps going around the room, and then it goes around the building, and then it goes around northwest Houston, and it goes around Houston, and then it keeps going and going and going until it goes around the room, and then it goes around northwest Houston. It goes around the building. goes around. It never ends. So this timeline represents our existence, right? This timeline represents our existence. I know, I know that could be like, what? Yes. This timeline represents our existence because we were created to be eternal. All of us are always going to live or, or always going to exist somewhere. Of course, we all die here, but all of us moves on. And this part right here, this red part represents our time here on earth. Now, again, picture this rope, which, which signifies our timeline of existence. The white is where you will spend after this life here on earth. It's heaven or it's hell. There's no in between. There's no second chance. There's no wait. I was playing. Now I'm being for real. 
That's it. One of two places. And God gives us a ton of chances during this time right here. During this time right here, what we do in this, in this red part right here will trickle into eternity for the rest of time. What we do in this red part right here sets up the stage for the rest of eternity. You don't, you don't get right here and find out that it's really bad and Jesus goes, you ready now? Doesn't happen. I say that because some religions, even some sections of Christianity will say that. And it's not true. It's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible. That's why it is so important for us to live for him now because we have no idea if we have tomorrow. No idea. I don't mean to bring this down, but I think those kids in Florida thought they were gonna, their lives were going to end that day. They thought it was another day. And that's tragic. I mean, God, God never promises us. He doesn't owe us anything. I think once we have that understanding that God doesn't owe us anything, we start to live with thankfulness and we start to live as Abraham said in Genesis 18, that Abraham goes, look, God, I know who I'm speaking to and I'm nothing but dust and ashes in front of you. It doesn't mean God wants you to feel horrible about yourself or anything like that. It's just that we have to know that he's God and we're not. We have to know that he's, control, he's in control and we're not. We have to know that we're the creation and he's the creator. And once we understand that, we start, to, we start to see how he's created life. And we start to see why he, he woos us and he calls us and he draws us and he pursues us. And he says, come, come live life the way that I created it. With me, there's fullness of joy. With me, there's, there's hope. With me, there's fullness of peace. That peace that you're looking for, that, I have that. I can give that to you. That anxiety that you have, that stress that you have, that anger that you have, give that to me. Give that to me. Don't let that dictate this red part so that it, so that it, it leads you to something, someplace where you don't want to be for the rest of the time. And then I'll wrap it up. And then we have small groups because uh, I definitely want to give you all a chance to be able to talk about this. Um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord isn't slow about his promise. What's his promise? Salvation. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. To repent means to have a change of mind, to turn away from your sinful ways and to turn towards God. Um, the, the thing that we have to know is that God doesn't force anyone to love him. He doesn't force anyone to love him. Um, he loves us enough to give us choice. I do believe that. Um, and the thing is, you know, when people say that's not fair, that's not fair, that's not fair. You know, if, if I don't believe him now, then, then, then I don't have, you know, whatever that is. Um, well, I mean, if you don't like God now, then why would you want to spend eternity with him? But once you come to know him, and once you come into a relationship with him, and you will see, you'll go, man, this is what I've been missing. Man, this is peace right here. This is true love right here. Not the back and forth ways of the world, but this is eternal. This is never ending. This doesn't, this doesn't, this doesn't fade. This isn't going anywhere. This is something I can give my life to, and it will never, ever go away. Oh, and by the way, it's not just 
hey, believe in me, and then one day there's heaven. But it's believe in me, trust in me with salvation, and I'll give you a new heart. I'll make you a new creation. He's not going to do edits on you. He makes you into a new creation. doesn't make you perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We'll be perfected on the day that Christ returns. But in that meantime, he gives us his spirit to live inside of us to guide us through each and every day through our decisions, through the way that we treat people, through the way that we love people. If y'all have ever felt that before, where it's like, ugh, should I help that person out? I don't know if I should do it. I don't know if that's weird. I don't know. And then you just do it, and it turns out way more amazing than you could have possibly ever imagined. God does that all the time. The thing is, is that we don't know what holds tomorrow, but if you are a believer in Christ and you have trusted in him, which if you have, that's incredible. If you haven't, and I really, 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 really pray that you would consider that, think about that, and that you would see that, man, this, this life that we've been given is so precious. It is so, so precious, and that the Lord is patient, and that he wants you to come to him. The last thing, and then, and then I'll pray, and then we'll be done. If y'all know the story of the prodigal son, which is a pretty popular story uh, in the Bible, it shows up in Luke chapter 15. It, it is a story and, and it's a parable. And it's the story of this dad and he's super rich and he has two sons. And one of the sons says, hey, you know what, dad? I want to go ahead and take the inheritance. The inheritance is all the money and stuff you get once the dad passes on. All his stuff becomes your stuff. He goes, hey, I want my half of the inheritance right now. And the son runs off to Vegas and he blows all his money. He blows all his money on Vegas, on doing whatever. He's like, whatever I've seen on TV, whatever I heard in the movies, I'm gonna make that a reality. I'm gonna do it all. Nobody's gonna tell me no. Man, I'm not gonna hold anything back from myself. And then the money runs out. And he is literally eating with the pigs. Because he has nothing. All those people that were around him when he had money, they weren't his friends. They liked him because he had money. And once that money was gone, friends were gone. Nobody respected him. Nobody cared. They only cared when he had stuff. But when he found out it was just him, and he found out no one cared, he didn't have money for food. He literally went, oh, pigs eat. I'm going to go eat where the pigs eat. And then he had this thought, and he goes, wait a minute. I can go back to my father's house and I'll, I'll be his slave. Bro, his slaves are living pretty good. I'm just going to do that, right? At least, they, at least they got AC. They didn't have AC then, but you know what I'm saying? Like, at least they got something. They got a job. They got something going on. They're not eating this pig slop. So he's like, okay, all right, I got this. I got this, uh, I got this story I'm going to tell my dad. I got this. All right, I got everything lined out. and be like, dad, I'm really sorry. Please take me back. I'll, I'll, I'll be your servant. For the rest of your life, man, I'll, I'll live as a slave. I won't, I won't even, don't even see me as your child anymore. Just see me as some, somebody there that's, that's giving you your drinks and food and, and doing your laundry whenever you need me to. And so he comes back and he's like, all right, this is the moment. And he comes back and his father is standing outside and he sees his son coming back. Well, the father's going, I don't know if my son's coming back. And he sees his son coming back. And the father, what does he do? He takes off towards the son. And I don't know if the son's going like, 
oh, oh, he, you know, <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm just going to let him. He's going to tackle me one time. It's going to be real good, right? I deserve that. Then I'm going to ask him to be a slave. No, the father takes off running, which if you know anything about this time, men did not run if you were, of, uh, if you had, it was like a very embarrassing thing to do. It was like, oh, that's what kids do, man. Especially if you were a man with power and wealth. But he takes off running and all these people see. There's a ton of servants, there's a ton of people at his house and he takes off running and he hugs his son. And he's so excited that his son has come back. First thing he doesn't ask him was, you know, hey man, how was it? Was it fun? Glad you had a good time. No. The father is so excited that that son has come back to be with him. And he's like, yo, hey, go get that calf or bull. I think it was bull. He's like, go get that. We're going we're gonna to eat. We're just going to be awesome. We're going to have this. Okay, you got that. Okay, we got fruit punch. We got all these things. Like, we're going to have this awesome party now because my son is back. He's come back to me. And that's such a great story because the son's probably going, what? Why, why would you take me back? I literally just threw away half of everything that you have. And you have a lot of stuff. And the father's going, I don't care. You're my child. And you've come back to me. I've been waiting for you every single day. I mean, that's what God does with us. It doesn't matter if, if you did something as bad as that as that guy, or if, or if it's worse, if you look at what Paul did all throughout the Bible, God uses imperfect people, people that mess up all the time, which gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> That's the type of God that we have. Not the one that has his arms crossed, tapping his foot, waiting until we get it right, but the one who sees us when we turn away from that sinful life and we come to him, he takes off running. He's got his arms open. He's like, there's my child. There's my son. There's my daughter their back. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.